the Gilda's maximum lawyers community of legal entrepreneurs who are taking their businesses and lives to the next level. As a Guild member, you'll build relationships, be held accountable, and learn strategies specifically designed to get you unstuck and accelerate your plan for growth. Members are also granted exclusive access to masterminds hosted around the country. Our next event is coming up, and we're heading to Scottsdale, Arizona. There's something truly magical about the power of these in-person connections where real-time breakthroughs happen. Picture this. You're surrounded by like-minded law firm owners tackling your business and mindset challenges together. The energy is electric, the insights are transformative, and the results are game-changing. Investing in yourself is the best decision you'll ever make. The knowledge, strategies, and breakthroughs you'll gain are priceless assets that will supercharge your practice and propel you forward. Join the Guild and secure your ticket to Scottsdale at the best possible price by visiting maxlawevents.com. Run your law firm the right way. This is the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. Your hosts, Jim Hacking and Tyson Mutrix. Let's partner up and maximize your firm. Welcome to the show. Welcome back to the Maxwell Moyer Podcast. I'm Jim Hacking. And I'm Tyson Mutrix. What's up, Jimmy? Tyson, how are you doing, my friend? I am doing all right. I got another busy day. I'm on the road again. I had a long day of depots yesterday, and now I'm actually going to sign up a wrongful death case. So it's kind of a tragic story, but how you doing? I'm good. It sounded like you were in a heated exchange in your deposition yesterday. I was glad that I wasn't there. Yeah, and it's all on video, too. So if you ever want to watch it, let me know, because I I video all my depots now, and it was um, it was quite the experience. I'll leave it at that. All right, well, speaking of video, for those of us in the Guild, we're live in the Guild uh, pushing out today's interview with our friend Stephen Stanwood. Stephen, welcome to the show. Hey, good to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, let me give a little brief introduction about you. And so I think you and I connected on Twitter and you have a really great website. I encourage everyone to check out your website and how you've organized your social media. Mm -hmm. I think you have a a real, you have a real nice approach to things. You're a trademark lawyer in the San Jose area. Is that right? That's right. Just south of San Jose in Campbell, California. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your journey, maybe undergrad that you were mentioning I'm wearing my Cardinals hat and you were mentioning about how you grew up in Evanston and are sort of a Cubs fan. So we're just going to skim right over that. And why don't you just tell us a little bit about how you got from Evanston to San Jose? Yeah, I am more than sort of a Cubs fan. I've been an addicted Cubs fan for you know decades and decades at this point. You could talk the whole time about the Cubs 10 and 2 start and how good they're looking, but we'll spare you all that. I was born in Chicago, went to undergrad back at the University of Chicago, down the south side, lived in Chicago for a couple of years. Worked on a political campaign, moved out to D.C., and then ultimately went to law school out there. Came back to California when I met my wife out here. This was never a place I thought I was going to live, but it's delightful, and I'm so glad that I've set up shop out here now. I worked for small firms all through law school. I worked every semester of law school, basically, and then for several years after that. And I got to the point where starting my own firm wasn't an abstraction anymore. And I said, you know, what if this wasn't the long-term plan? What if this was next week? Talked with my wife about it and launched my firm, Law, which has been live, what, about nine months now. I like to say I'm in the first year of a 40-year journey, and it's going great so far. So tell us about the last year. How's, how's it gone? It's, it's wild. I mean, I didn't really know how to set expectations going in, so I just sort of defaulted to the pessimistic, like, what if, you know, nothing happens? 
what if I try to get this thing off the ground and nobody calls, nobody hires me for anything. I don't make any money. I'm committed to it for two years, at least was uh, my resolution to that. And I was like, whatever happens, two years done. And nine months in, it's just been so far above and beyond that. I mean, I've worked with attorneys in, I don't know, like 15 states or something already done a ton of interesting trademark work for a ton of different people. I guess I just say at the front, my firm is a little unique in that I'm not sort of run of the mill trademark lawyer who, you know, brings in business clients and files trademark applications and things like that for them. And what I'm trying to do is build really an expertise based business that helps other lawyers. So a lot of business lawyers will kind of get into trademark situations and, you know, the client doesn't want to hire another trademark lawyer at that point. And the business lawyer doesn't want to say, you know, I'm not really an expert in these things. So what I do is I come in at that point and I'll write things for the main attorney or I'll help out in an opposition or an infringement proceeding or things like that. So I'm building a writing business around that sort of expertise concept. So Stephen, we have a lot of members in our group. What kind of things would we possibly refer to a trademark attorney like you or our friend Joey Vitale? Yeah. I love Joey Vitale. He's another person who's doing amazing stuff all over social media. If you don't follow him on Twitter and LinkedIn and places like that, you're missing out on what he has going on. So if you're like a small business owner, I'd, I'd go to him and say, you know, I want to file a trademark. I want to get my, get my brand protected. But if you're an attorney and you have a client who has, you know, stumbled their way into a brand dispute, somebody's opened up shop across the street with a similar name, or more commonly, you file a trademark application or they file a trademark application on their own because it's you know fairly straightforward and easy to do. We can talk about you know the merits of doing that on your own, but that's kind of here nor there because a lot of people do. And then you get stuck. The trademark office sends you a letter back that says, hey, we got all these problems. And you're kind of looking at that and saying, yeah, I don't know how to get past this. I don't know. Am I stuck? Is this, is this it? And that's where you can call me and bring me to the fold because I do a bunch of them and know uh, sort of my way around the trip system wondering more and more about when we have guests on is, is their why. So why did you choose this path? What is your why? I think I've always had kind of that creative and entrepreneurial drive. And what scares me more than anything is complacency. And I started to feel that after a few years working for other firms. Love the people I worked for. Love the mentorship. Worked for great firms. Had great experiences. But just felt myself settling into that sort of you know, nine to five or nine to six or whatever it is routine where you check in in the morning and you roll along and you write some stuff and then you check out at night. And I'm super young I'm, I'm 31 and I've always had drive to create something and build something really, really specific. And that's sort of all areas of my life. But especially in law, I felt like I was leaving a lot on the table if I just settled in right away to this routine. And I wanted to try interesting things with social media and brand building and also the really, really specialized kind of trademark work that I wanted to do. I wanted to really, really narrow in on that and see where it took me. Well, it's apropos that we're having Stephen on the show today because I have some breaking news. I haven't even told Tyson this yet. Tyson, are you, can you see us on camera or can you not? No, I'm driving. All right, well, I'll show Stephen. So <laughs> Don't look at us. This right oh, here, yeah. it's the official trademark that Joey Vitale did get for Maximum Lawyers. So we are now the proud holders of registration number 5,960,923. We have our own trademark for Maximum Lawyer. So that's pretty exciting. Nice. That is Very awesome. cool. Yeah. Congrats to you guys. Congrats to Joey. I feel like one of the satisfying parts of trademark law versus other kinds of laws that, you know, there is an end point. Like you get to a registration or you don't and it has a gold seal on it and everybody feels good. A lot of the litigation cases that I worked on early on, you know, the inevitable conclusion is that everybody sits in a room for 
nine hours and you hash out some kind of agreement and everybody just kind of goes their separate ways and it's like, you know, that's good enough to move on, but nobody really, really feels good at the end. So that was kind of a bummer to me. Joey's working on some other trademarks for us right now. What, what should our members be thinking about as far as their firm name or their, if they have a tagline, what, what are some good basics that you can give our guys and gals in a minute or two that they should just be thinking about when they're talking about their own, I guess, intellectual property? Yeah. I mean, there are probably trademarks everywhere you look. Think about how you've built the brand of your firm and then kind of break that down into its smallest component parts. I mean, names, logos, slogans, all potentially trademarks. Also, don't get hung up on the fact that there are a lot of trademarks that you can't necessarily register because, you know, you've picked a generic name. If you're just, you know, um, some, some kind of generic law office. When, when you're naming your firm, you want to name it something distinctive from a trademark perspective, right? You don't want to just pick your name or pick your field of law or pick your area or something like that, because that's not something you can necessarily exclude other people from doing. So start at the very beginning, think about how you want to build your brand and then uh, work with a trademark attorney like Joey uh, to build some strategy around that. I'm curious about naming. Are you seeing any trends with changes in how firms name their firms? For example, you know, 30 years ago, it would just be a bunch of lawyers' names on the door. But are you seeing a shift in the change of names as the more specific, you know, the injury law firm or traffic law center, things like that? I see some of that. I mean, there was this, I feel like there was a big talk about that a few years ago where it's like, oh, you know, the new thing is giving your firm sort of a novel, interesting name. But sort of the basic undercurrent of just the name or just the practice area has remained pretty strong. I mean, I'm as guilty as anybody, right? I'm a trademark lawyer who runs a firm that's called Stanwood Law. So I think a lot of people just do that as the default and, and that's fine. It's just, you know, other, other Stanwoods in the world potentially can, can do the same thing. One of the fun things about practicing trademark law like you or immigration law like me is that we get to practice in all 50 states because oh, sure. it's yeah. federal. Talk a little bit about that when it comes to marketing and communicating with potential clients, Steve. I think that's a big reason why I do so much on social media and so much video and so much LinkedIn stuff is that I'm casting a really broad net because I can, you know, jump in and help attorneys who work anywhere and sort of just naturally better two of the people I know offline and the relationships I had before. Like I do a lot of work in California because that's where I'm based, but I've done, you know, work for attorneys in Chicago and Florida and Alabama and I have this long-term goal now of, you know, can I work with attorneys in all 50 states? And if I can, you know, get up to 15 or 16 or wherever I am in nine months, it's like, who, who knows where I am a year from now or five years from now. And that's really helpful, I think, because as you build up a national practice, and obviously not everyone can do it because of the, the way that law and, and certification works. Uh, but if you have the luxury of building up a national practice, that just gives you a broader net of people who you can get referrals from and give referrals to. So you encounter random people looking for you know, so some, somebody in Dallas, Texas. This happened to me, I don't know, a week or two ago. Like, oh, I'm based in Dallas, Texas, really looking for a trademark lawyer who does this one specific thing based in Dallas, Texas. And I was able to leverage the network that I have going to find a specific person to send that person to, you know, right away. So I did have some questions about your, your marketing because you, you heavily leverage uh, social media. So is that your main way of getting clients or, or do you get clients in other ways as well? I have three basic buckets. I have the social media bucket, which I think is more of a long-term play. 
brand building, you know, getting out there in the world, having people know who I am and what I'm up to. And that leads to interesting things like, you know, I don't think I'd be on this podcast if not for the social media things that I'm doing. So that's kind of a long-term networking and also professional development play. Like you can learn a lot just by listening to really interesting, smart people who are out there talking about trademarks every day. So that's the social media bit. Second bucket is people I know, you know, from the area here, from working in the business litigation slash trademark space uh, for the first several years of my career here. And that's a big chunk of my work. And then the third bucket, this is, this is like the Rick Perry thing where you say three things and then you forget what the third thing is. Uh, third bucket is these online platforms that specifically exist, you know, to connect lawyers to other lawyers, because that's the nature of my work. I use things like law clerk and some of the other marketplaces to go and find, you know, really specific projects where what I was describing earlier, a general business attorney has sort of stumbled into a trademark situation that they need an extra set of hands on. So I'll do a lot of those. Nice. I love it. We are big fans of Law Clerk here. I just dropped another project on them. I was talking to Talitha the other day. That's a great way to sort of, especially if, like you said, find the exact things that you're looking for. But let's pause for a word from our sponsor. Thanks to our sponsor, Smith AI. Smith AI is a superior receptionist service for law firms trusted by many maximum lawyers, including the hacking law practice. At our firm, Smith AI's friendly U.S.-based receptionists respond to potential clients in English or in Spanish. They screen and schedule new leads, and they even take payments for consults. The best part is that they don't just handle these conversations via phone. They have also live agents and chatbots. The chatbot is really amazing. They get a lot of information out of potential clients. It seems very real, going a little bit off script here, but we were really happy with the chatbots. They serve as our friendly gatekeepers while our team and I work uninterrupted. We get new clients and we get our work done. How awesome is that? If you're in a solo or small firm, I know you'll appreciate this. Smith AI now offers 24-7 virtual receptionist service, answering calls, website chats, texts, and Facebook messages. Plans start at just $70 a month for calls and $100 a month for chats. They even offer a totally free chatbot so there's really no excuse. Try Smith AI today and see for yourself why attorneys like me say Smith AI receptionists are the secret to business growth. Smith AI offers a free trial and maximum lawyers listeners get an additional $100 discount with promo code MAXLAW100. That's MAXLAW100. Sign up and learn more at www.smith.ai. Trust me when I say, don't let another day go by. Try Smith AI. All right, Stephen, now. One of the things I like about your website is that you've really embraced what it is that you do and you've included famous trademarks of entities that you like or that like you had one for the dreaded Cubs and one for a, a nonprofit that you worked for. Talk about why it's important. And Tyson and I talk about this all the time, why it's important to niche down and why you, your website doesn't say I do trademarks and estate planning and car crashes. I think it's just kind of axiomatic to me, especially because I'm casting a net as broad as I am, especially when you're running a national practice. If you're the only lawyer in town and somebody's looking to hire, you know, the lawyer in town, maybe it makes sense to have that sort of broad-based practice where, you know, you do a little bit of everything, general purpose. But if you're trying to get attention online, and a lot of us are, then you have to have a specific story that you're telling. I mean, what do you do specifically? And when I started my firm, I was like, okay, you know, I'm definitely going to be in trademark law, but I think I can niche down even further than that and be, you know, a trademark lawyer who helps other lawyers in these uh, particular trademark situations. Like that's 
pretty specific. And when somebody's looking for you, you want them to get your website and say, oh, you know, this is exactly the person that I need for X, Y, and Z. You don't want them to kind of get lost in your website amidst, you know, like dozens of other similar looking websites without really a clear reason to pick you versus anybody else because, you know, then you're just sort of hoping they throw a dart at the board and it, and it lands on you rather than somebody else. So I'm always curious uh, whenever I'm talking to people that have started firms and they, they always come up with the things they're like, I didn't really expect this or I didn't expect that or this really surprised me. Have you experienced anything like that since you've started your firm? I think so. I mean, I mentioned earlier, you know, the pessimism I had going in, I was like, you know, I, I literally don't know what to expect next week. I don't know, like, what's going to fill the time in my days. I don't know, you know, who's going to come up. I've been surprised by just how many people have come out of the woodwork and how many people have been really, I spent a lot of time engaging on social media and just how much how gracious people are, especially people who are veterans in the industry, who you look up to, who you're you know, learning a lot from day in and day out. People are willing to talk. People are willing to share their experience with you. It's really just really warm and, and welcoming community. And I've been really thankful for that because I feel like obviously one of the downsides of being a solo or working from home, like so many people are doing now is that you lose that social connected aspect of being in a firm. And I think that's a big part of where social media can step in is to build a support structure for you as you're going through on this journey, because one way to get mixed up pretty quickly is to feel like you are just totally out on an Island on your own and that you run into struggles that nobody else has faced. I've been so thankful for the communities that are out there uh, bringing people together. Steven, are your cases, are they all like one-offs or are there things that you can systematize about the help that you give to lawyers and people who find themselves in trademark disputes? A lot of them are I'm trying to give you a percentage here, but just be sort of off the maybe 80, 20. I, I do a lot of one-offs, but then there's a, another core of people who I'll you know, do a project for and they'll come back in a couple of weeks or a week or right away and say, oh yeah, I also have this other thing that's been pending that I didn't really know how to handle. Can you do something on this for me? So I do have that good core of clients who are coming back with Similar projects. He sends out a, uh, a weekly newsletter that helps him keep in touch with, with his clients, and, and that's pretty effective for him. And to me, it seems like something like that would be pretty effective for you, especially with business clients. Do you do anything like that, or, or what are some other things you do to stay in touch with your clients? That's a good question, and it's something I've thought a lot about and not done that good of a job with yet. I had a monthly newsletter going just because it felt like the thing that you do, and you know, it was recommended to me podcasts and things like that. But I, I, I don't know. I'm kind of ambivalent about it. I appreciate the compliment about the website earlier, by the way, too, because I'm also sort of ambivalent about the website because so much of my, I guess it's good to have there as sort of a standalone resume that people are going to go double check, right? Because when somebody hears your name, they're going to Google around for you and they're going to look at your website and they're going to look at your LinkedIn profile. They're going to look at you know, maybe Twitter or whatever else you have going on to get a sense of who you are and what you're doing. But so much of my business comes in and so much of my contact with clients is either email or messages on social media or phone calls. I, I don't know how much utility I've gotten out of that monthly newsletter so far, but I am definitely, you know, all the time engaging with all sorts of people all over the social media landscape. So I have that. Well, let's back up a little bit. Are you capturing all of the contact information of everybody that reaches out to your firm so that you can continue the conversation in some way? 
yeah, I mean, I have spreadsheets going and, you know, it's just me and there's sort of a fundamental modesty to what I'm doing. I mean, I'm building a firm that's designed to be an expertise solo firm for a long time. I'm not trying to, you know, scale up as quickly as possible and bring on other people or things like that. So it's at a level where I can manage a lot of it. Like I know who's reached out to me. I know who I need to follow up with. I know who I need to check in with to see you know, what else they have going on. But I haven't, I think, had a lot of the same struggles that people who are, you know, just looking to field all these phone calls and, you know, triage all these potential clients. I, it's, a, it's a little bit different than that. Mm, I don't know. I'm going to push back a little bit on that. I'm going to push you a little bit on that. I mean, I yeah. think you could get a little bit of help and scale it in a way because some people might contact you and might not hire you right away, but they might want to remember, like, hey, who's that guy in Campbell, that guy that does trademarks, what's his name? So I think that you want to have some way, whether it is a monthly newsletter or something. I mean, and as you're starting out, I think you could tell stories of things that you come across, but also there's so many weird things in the news when it comes to trademarks. And I mean, there's, there's interesting stuff. I send a lot of it over to Joey, you know, just, Hey, this is some weird, like somebody died or something or somebody's suing over, you know, some kind of a trademark, you know, like the, here in St. Louis, we had this, this nerdy high school kid who came up with this butt face brand and it had the North face brand, but it was whatever the North face right. has like an arch that yeah. they reversed it <laughs> like, right, to make yeah. it look like a butt. <laughs> um, so just things like that. I think that I, I would find that stuff interesting as a lawyer and, and, and you could just have one, even if it was just for lawyers. I, I think I've had something like that going on. That's certainly the videos that I make are all just interesting trademark yeah. stories that, you know, remind people that I'm out there and remind people that I'm doing this kind of work. So I guess that's my main outlet with the newsletter specifically, totally frank. I was, you know, going along and doing it. And then we got in the middle of this year and George Floyd happened. Sure. Right. And I took a step back and I was like, you, you know, what am I doing? It doesn't, I think I had the moment a lot of people had where it doesn't make sense to be sending out a newsletter about trademarks right now. I have a lot of, you know, personal and political feelings about my, my own life and what this means and, you know, what it means for the world. I, you know, don't know how to share those in, in a business way. So I just kind of froze up and, you know, I, I regret that. And, and, you know, now that I've sat down and thought about it more thoroughly, you know, I would have done something differently, but since then I've just been sort of stepping back and retooling uh, how I, how I want to communicate in, in a whole lot of ways. As I, I appreciate that. Happen. Yeah, sure. That makes sense. Yeah. So I just had an idea and I don't know if it's a good idea or a bad idea. So you you have to walk, uh, talk it through a little bit, but I mean, it sounds like you have some sort of a, a social or a desire to have a social impact. So, you know, like Tom's shoes for every shoe that they sell, they give away a set of shoes or whatever. Could you do something like that for like an underprivileged um, area, whatever, whatever community you pick, but could you do something like that? You know, you get a trademark, you give a trademark. Right. That would be, really interesting, right? Like maybe you, you, you file a trademark and then you like do one to, for, for somebody for free. I mean, I've been doing a lot of work with law students just on the mentoring side and, you know, talking them through what they're struggling with right now, which is a lot of the people are graduating and not being able to take bar exams right now. So I'm sort of following the diploma privilege thing more closely and trying to just step people who are a little bit behind me through the process and making them feel like, it's going to be all right as best I can. So that's been my main outlet so far, but some sort of like really concrete thing baked into a corporate mission, especially for, I think organizations looking to scale more like Tom's shoes has done. I, I think that's really interesting. 
All right, Stephen. So we're going to wrap up here pretty soon. For my last question, I'm going to ask you one of my favorite questions, which is the Dan Sullivan question, which is, Stephen, if we were to have you on this podcast three years from now, and we were to look back on these last three years, what would have to have happened for you to feel like you made progress in the direction that you wish? It's a good question. I'll fight the premise a little bit by saying that I you would probably call me out on this too, but I don't go overboard with goal setting and growth and scaling in the way that um, a lot of people do, because I think that, you know, sets you up to just work towards those metrics and maybe short, short change other things that aren't, you know, aren't measurable, right? Uh, what gets, what gets measured gets managed. Who is that? Peter Drucker. So I have sort of a more, I, I, I don't know, haphazard is a negative term, but more organic way of approaching the whole thing. I feel like if I'm, continuing to grow my base of clients. If I'm happy with the work that I'm doing, if I'm able to, as I'm doing now, keep it to a fairly dull roar. I mean, I work very, very hard, but I can also turn it off on weekends and turn it off to go on vacation and things like that. And if I'm, you know, still positive, positive presence in, in the, my life with my wife and my family, you know, that, that's it for me. And that answer is completely fine. There's nothing wrong with that at all. Uh, all right. So we, we, we do need to wrap things up before I do. I want to remind everyone to go to the Facebook group, get involved there. Uh, just a lot of great discussions every day. There's a very interesting one recently, but uh, there's a lot of great conversations going on every single day. Yield prices are going up very soon. So if you want to check us out, go to MaximumLawyer.com. Jimmy, what is your hack of the week? I always like talking to people like Stephen who have big plans and, and just and, and a very firm understanding of what it is that they want to do. And I also like talking to people who have a national practice. And one of the things I was thinking about with Stephen as he was talking about doing work for people in different states is one of the things we've had great success with here in the physical office is we have a big map and we put pins in all around the world, really, where we help people either come to the United States or if they're here in the States, we put pins in their states for the work that we do for people in the United States. I'm wondering if you couldn't do like an, an electronic version of something like that on your website, because I think that the more that people see that you've helped people maybe from their town or their state or their area, that sort of helps them see that it's feasible that Steven can work with someone in Delaware, even though he's in San Jose. So I, we've, I, I, I'm always pushing people to do more client success stories because I think those are the greatest uh, endorsement of the skills that you have. But I think a visual, especially in, in a visual practice area like you have, that might be something that'd be really helpful. I think that's brilliant. And I'm literally writing down client website map because if I don't write things down, I forget them. And I definitely want to do that. So stay tuned to the website. It's coming. All right. So Stephen, we always ask a guest to give a tip or hack of the week. Do you have a tip or hack for us? I do. Uh, I'd say that probably the biggest influence shaping what I've done with social media and what I've done with video is the Gary Vaynerchuk podcast. Very polarizing figure out there in the world. Big internet entrepreneur kind of guy who I never knew anything about until, I don't know, nine months ago or a year ago when I started thinking more deliberately about entrepreneurship and about the internet. He is an internet entrepreneur. He's very brash. He's very loud. So the first couple of times I listened to him, I was like, you know, who, who is this guy? This is just some marketing guy who I don't trust or believe in at all. But then for whatever reason, I uh, picked up his stuff again a second time and then a third time. And after that, you fall into a pretty deep hole because he's just 
created a ton of resources for anybody looking to build a brand online. So that is where I would start. Jimmy is a very big Gary Vaynerchuk fan. I, I like Gary. He just, honestly, he'll, he'll probably love hearing this. I can't, I don't have enough time in a day to watch all of his content and listen to all of his content. He produces <laughs> no, so damn does. much of it. Yeah. And I guess that's the point. I mean, it's, it's effective. It's just, it's, it's kind of much, it's a little too much at times, but yeah. uh, it's fine. I mean, I, he knows what he's doing. He, he's, he's, at least he seems like he does. So he's made a lot of money doing it. So I, I'm a fan as well. It's just, I can't watch all of his content. So, yeah. so my tip of the week is it comes from a, as Jim mentioned earlier, I had just the most difficult deposition with another attorney yesterday and we had a long screaming match back and forth in the middle of the deposition regularly but i mean here's the thing even though i did it i only i only yelled to make a point because i knew going in it was going to be a difficult attorney to deal with and so i had a, a stated goal in my mind to just not let them get under my skin right she was very abrasive via email so i knew she was going to be abrasive in the in the deposition and so i just knew my goal was to, you know, I, I could work her up and not to let myself get worked up. And so the point is we all run into jerks in this world and just don't let them get under your skin. Just know going in, some people may try to get under your skin, but just, just know, Hey, keep your calm. Everything will be okay. There it's, it's because something's going on in their life affecting them. And it's not really that they're attacking you. It's, it's something going on with themselves. And so, don't let that affect you. Don't let other people affect you because otherwise it'll really just bring you down. So there's no point in that. But Steven, thanks so much for coming on, man. It's been a lot of fun. I wish I could have seen you via video. Unfortunately, I'm on the road, but uh, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Love what you guys are doing. You've definitely you know, brought a lot of value to a lot of people through the community you've built. So very good. Thanks, Steven. See you, bud. All right. Take appreciate care. It. See you guys. Thanks for listening to the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. To stay in contact with your hosts and to access more content, go to MaximumLawyer.com. Have a great week and catch you next time.